We have an amazing word of God to share this morning, and I'm so grateful that God's allowing my voice to stay with me for this third service. I've been trying to control myself and be reserved as I speak with you uh, throughout the day, but it's not that easy for me. I can't help it. I'm singing. The good songs are amazing, and the team's just great. They lead us in worship every week, and I've been singing all morning. Yeah, you can give them a hand. God is good, man. They're awesome. And I have a, a, a very um, challenging word for us today that is a little bit more of a lengthy reading. So bear with me as I read God's word to us and as we share together. Some Pharisees and teachers of religious law now arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. They asked him, why do your disciples disobey our age-old tradition? For they ignore our tradition of ceremonial hand-washing before they eat. Jesus replied, And why do you, by your traditions, violate the direct commandments of God? For instance, God says, Honor your father and mother, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? But you say it is all right for people to say to their parents, Sorry, I can't help you. For I have vowed to God to give what I would have given to you. In this way, you say they don't need to honor their parents, and so you cancel the word of God for the sake of your own tradition. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. Then Jesus called to the crowd to come and hear. Listen, he said, try to understand. It's not what goes in your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Then the disciples came to him and asked, do you realize you offended the Pharisees by what you just said? Isn't that funny how we are so afraid of intimidating or hurting those people that we perceive to be righteous in our life. It's like, Jesus, do you know what you just did? You just slammed them. And Jesus replied, every plant not planted by my heavenly Father will be uprooted. So ignore them. They are blind guides leading the blind, and if one blind person guides another, they will both fall into a ditch. Then Peter said to Jesus, explain to us the parable that says people aren't defiled by what they eat. Don't you understand yet, Jesus asked? Anything you eat passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. But the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. These are what defile you. Eating with unwashed hands will never defile you. So church, I mean, Jesus isn't telling us not to wash our hands. Please stay in the context of what he's talking about because the Pharisees were all about religious show. And they wanted everybody to know that when they came in, they would wash their hands like, I'm clean, I'm pure, I'm holy. And Jesus was saying, like, it's not about the show. It's about what's real. And what's real is this. It's not about your tradition. It's about what God says. It's not about what you think he means or what you were taught he is. It's who he is. I mentioned this uh, 
several times, and I bring it up again today, that each of us have been, you know, raised with a different view of God. Even in my own family, like my wife, Kim, was raised by a claimed atheist father. I say claimed atheist because I don't believe there's such a thing as an atheist. And um, so my wife was raised in this environment where when she asked her dad about God and going to church, he said, nope, you can't do that. When you get old enough, you can make that decision. So my wife grew up with no real clue of who God was, but an idea of who he is and wanting to know about him. Dave grows up in the church with a pastor for a father being taught since he was like the little babies that were here. I was dedicated and I went to church all my life. I was in Sunday school. I read the Pix comics and read the stories of the Bible. I was taught in Sunday school and youth group. I grew up understanding who God is from the Bible, who Jesus is. So I have a view of God that has been in me since I was a little kid. And so did my wife. But those views were polar opposites of one another. Church, here's something that we need to understand, especially those that we're dedicating their children today. In God's word, he says, train up a child in the way it should go, and when it is old, it will not depart from it. Proverbs 22, 6. He is telling us that when a child is young, we are placing formation in their mind. We're forming them into who they are and what they believe. Church, we actually influence their entire life by that imprint that we put upon them. Now then, all of us have been imprinted. Every one of us have been imprinted about who God is, our view of Him, what church means to us, what worship is. What place the Bible has in our life? What is prayer? See, every one of us have come from some type of a spiritual formation in our life that we view God in a certain perspective of who He is. We've been taught things about Him. Even from He doesn't exist to that He is the creator of all things. Somewhere in that gamut of who He is, we have all been influenced and spiritually formed. So even in this group of people as we are, We've come together at this point in our lives believing that God has called us to this church and that we are in agreement with what we believe, but we've been taught things. So we're going to do a little experiment here. Whatever church you were raised in as a child, I want you at the count of three to say what it was. I don't want the name of the church, but I want the um, theological, denominational type affiliation with it. So if you were an independent, you can just say independent. If you were Catholic, say Catholic, Lutheran, Presbyterian, Baptist, Episcopalian. You get it? All that stuff, right? So wherever you came from, I want you on the count of three to say it, not yell at me. Just say it out loud. Ready? One, two, three, go. Okay, so we are not in agreement. I mean, really, seriously. I mean, there was like this, this blending of words that is ununderstandable because of the backgrounds we come from. So the reason why I'm asking you to do that, church, is because we come to this moment in our lives having had spiritual formation of some type that has impacted who we are today, going forward trying to understand God and know what He's saying to us. And here's what I want you to know. All of us have been taught things that are not God's commands. And we've believed they were. 
We've been taught things that this is what God says or this is what God requires and we've accepted it and believed it and it's nothing more than man's tradition. Jesus stopped and he said, look, I, I want you to understand something here, church. Jesus said these little simple statement right here because the, the, the conversation he just had with the religious leaders, I want you to know the disciples that were following Jesus at this time grew up in Judaism and they understood that those were the teachers of God's ways. Their whole culture respected the scribes and Pharisees. They were men of God known to be holy and righteous in the people's eyes. They viewed them that way. And so now Jesus just absolutely ripped them apart. And he was calling them hypocrites and saying that they were teaching wrong things. So here's the disciples. Their whole life is rocked because they're believing that Jesus is the Messiah promised through that religion. Right? And now he's like coming at the very ones that they see as God's leaders. And he's, they're stepping back like, uh, what's happening here? Jesus, do you know what you're doing? Yeah. This is why Jesus said this one little statement in here that I love and I want us to just grab this. Jesus says, listen and try to understand. <laughs> Step back what you think you think you know. And let me tell you something that is truth. That's what he's telling us right here. He's like, doesn't matter what you thought you knew. Doesn't matter what you thought you believed. Doesn't matter what you think of God. What matters is truth. God's truth. Not that church truth. Not that church. Not this God's truth. That's all that matters. Church, you should never take my word for it. You should look at God's word and hear that what I am preaching and teaching, what's happening in our classes is biblically based sound doctrinal truth from God's word. Too many people are just blindly following and Jesus said this, the blind will follow the blind and they'll fall in a ditch. We've got to know that what we believe is truth and not just what I've been told is truth. Try to listen and understand. Listen and try to understand. I want you to know that many of our traditions are mandates from man that we've accepted as God. That's why I mentioned infant baptism. This is not a slam against certain churches. As a matter of fact, the denomination that we're a part of has in their bylaws infant baptism, which I won't do because it's not biblical. I mean, look, I, I'm not saying that to like I don't want to offend everybody here. I want you to know that it is not biblical. It does not say anywhere in the Bible that we should baptize infants. Baptism as taught in Scripture is for people that have come to faith in Christ. And it is a baptism of your faith in what Jesus has done and who He is in your life. A child doesn't have a clue. None of those babies will ever know that we just did this service for them today. If we sprinkled them with water, it wouldn't change their life church it's not biblical but many churches have taught it as a mandate and there are parents that are scared not to have their kids baptized as if something bad's going to happen to them or they're not going to make it to heaven unless somebody puts water on their child see that's a mandate of man it's not a command of god 
And I'm not just speaking of that. Listen, we have all learned stuff that is not from God. But we've accepted it as if it is God. And that's got to change. What happens a lot of times is there are twisted truths of what God says. And listen, here's the thing. As you look at that dialogue that we read to you, with you in the scriptures um, about Jesus talking to the Pharisees. See, when he said, you know, you're supposed to honor your father and mother in their culture and their teachings was the child was supposed to care for their parents. And that was for their well-being. And so they were supposed to provide for them. And so the, the Pharisees had said, well, you know, you, because it benefited them, you can, you can instead give that to God and not worry about your parents and you'll be good. So give it to us. Don't do that. And it'll be good. See, you can find when something is a twist on truth when it benefits the flesh and humanity and not God. So most of our twisted truths are so that I can feel better about me and I can accomplish what I want. And what God is calling us into is this relationship with Him that is all about Him and changes who I am. See, what happened is the church began to live in these ways for so long that they believed they were righteous in what they were doing because they had already justified the end result. And in doing so, they actually ignored what God actually said. Isn't that crazy that someone that can teach God's word can ignore what God says to justify their own means for what they want. Just let that sink into us. See, what we find here from Jesus is a very clear teaching again as we find over and over in Scripture about the need of a life of righteousness because righteous living is not an outward show but a pure heart. And a true righteous life can only happen when there's a pure heart within it. It's impossible for us to live righteously on our own. There's no way for us to do it. See, here's the thing that Jesus wanted us to understand. He's like, you know, you're going to know what your faith is really like, what your relationship with God's really like, because it's going to come out of your own mouth. So this is what Jesus said. The words you speak come from your heart. That's what defiles you. He's saying, you know, you're, you're going to be exposed for what's really in you. And it's going to be exposed to not only the people around you, but it's going to be exposed to you because you're going to hear it coming out of your own mouth. So, church, these are words not to condemn us, but to encourage us and challenge us. So I, I want you to know that anyone can sing praises to God and lift up their hands in worship because the words are there for us. The words have incredible meaning. They speak to us and they speak to God. And so we can give those words to God and we can raise our hands and do that. We can repeat and speak Christian language in specific settings. But I want you to know that Jesus tells us eventually the heart's going to reveal itself. And it's going to come through your own mouth. And your own mouth is going to reveal your heart to you. Okay? Many of us are willingly ignorant 
of what God says because we'd rather ignore what God says and justify what I want. Because it's easier and more comfortable for me to live my ways and God's way in my own mind. Let's remember these words that Jesus spoke to us that I read to you last Sunday from Matthew 7. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you break God's law. See, church, um, God's not grading on a curve. He's not going to say, hey, what church did you come from? Oh, Episcopalian, they believe this. Okay, so let me see how you did. Not going to happen. Church, you understand that God has a standard? And, and he's not like, you're God's standard. It's God's truth. He's provided his truth to us through Jesus Christ. He's provided the Savior for us. It's Jesus Christ. He has provided the Holy Spirit for us through Jesus Christ. Church, the standard that God has called us to has been established in the heart and the life of a believer by Jesus Christ through the power of God in his redemption. Therefore, the standard that God has is available to our hearts. That's why Jesus said, what's there will come out here. Because God is in the business of transformation of who we are, who he will die to make us. So where are you in your life of faith? Let's look at some strong words of Jesus again found in Matthew 12. A tree is identified by its fruit, and if a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. You brood of vipers. You brood of snakes. How could evil men like you speak what is good and right? Do you know who he was talking to again? The teachers. The church leaders. The ones that everybody saw as righteous and holy and right. And Jesus is talking to them and he's like, how can you even teach them what is good? Your hearts are evil. Wow. Well, whatever's in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on Judgment Day of every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Man, when, when I read things like this, this is God's word, remember? Jesus said, you're going to be judged according to my word. Um, you can ignore it and say, I don't believe the Bible, so now I'm scot-free. You can choose that way. God it loves you, and he's going to allow you the freedom to choose. But I'm here to declare to you that God's truth is God's truth, and it's real, and it, it's powerful. And he's going to hold you accountable whether you accept it or not. His standard is still his standard. And so church... We're much too loose with our tongue. We speak things that we shouldn't speak. We say things we shouldn't say. And God's word says He's going to hold us accountable for what's there and what is coming out. You know, I ask you accountability questions every week, and I didn't do them yet. I ask you to just spend at least five minutes a day, five days this past week in God's word. Did you do that, church? 
The reason why we ask you that question, and if you're spending time in God's word, is because the only way you're going to ever know God's truth is to know God's truth. You've got to be there. If you're relying on me, you're only going to get a little tiny little bit. If you rely on God, he's going to speak truth into your life every day. So, here's a question for you. What do the words that have been coming out of your mouth this week say about your claim to being a Christian? So, let me back that up for a second. How many of you know that you are saved by Jesus Christ and you are born again. Tell me out loud if you are. Say yes. Amen. So all the words that came out of your mouth this week, do they testify to that truth? So there's some kind of a disconnect that we have in what we believe we believe, what God says we have to believe, and what we're actually doing. Right? So, you got to stay with me because this part might hurt a little bit. We've accepted some teachings that allow me to be me and do what I do. And I've ignored the fact that God says, it's my way, not yours. It's His truth, man. Not Dave's. I'm not here to I'm just, it's God's word, man. And my heart is broken for the church. And the only way we're going to be that tree that bears the good fruit, the light in this community, the salt to the earth, is when we actually have in our heart what God has provided to us, for us, through Jesus Christ. Not just some words, but a life-impacting, life-changing experience that only God can do in us. Because you can't live it on your own and neither can I. The only way that only that stuff comes out of my mouth is when my life is surrendered to Almighty God and He sits upon the throne of my life and I no longer do. He owns my tongue and my heart. Church, it's God's Word. Jesus was pretty serious here. I mean, like, really serious here. Do you know what you believe and why you believe it? I, I believe we're, we're learning that. I'm learning that. Like I said, I was raised in a church and I was taught things about what it meant to be a Christian. Some of what I taught is why I didn't want to be one. I don't mean that wrong. You got to hear me. See, when I heard what it meant to be a Christian... I did not want to be a Christian because I didn't want to live like I was told I had to live because what I saw in the lives of those who claimed they had it was nothing desirous to me. I don't mean that they were fake. You, you got to hear me. Again, I'm looking at it from a kid's perspective in that environment and I'm like, I, uh, yeah, I don't want that. So hear me now. As Dave comes and says yes to Jesus in his life, 
and God wonderfully saves and forgives him at the age of 19 and falling in love with him and his word. I begin to read God's word. Holy Spirit's faithful as Jesus said he would and he would reveal truth to us. And all of a sudden, I'm reading scriptures that came in conflict with what I was told I should believe. What I was taught that a Christian life was. And I'm reading these scriptures and I'm like, wait a minute. That really doesn't say what I was told it said. It says this instead. Inside of me was great turmoil. Because you see, there was this fleshly fear of failure and wanting to be right. That was something that tried to own me. And the Spirit of God was saying, Dave, this is what I want from you. So here's how I knew it was God. On this side, what I was taught and shown was actually very burdensome. And it was like religious bondage. And Jesus was saying, I have freedom and life for you. Come to me. I want you to know it wasn't easy to surrender what I was told and taught. Remember, train up a child in the way he should go and they're old and won't depart from it. Man, it takes a move of God to remove some of what we've been taught. And so in that moment of surrender, this great fight that was within me comes up and and the Spirit of God moves. And when I would release it, the Spirit of God would come in with affirmation of truth like He always does. So I'm asking you, church, what in your faith right now are you questioning? And what does God have to say about it? As you're walking with God, there should be questions coming out in what you believe. I'm not talking about, does God exist? I mean, non-believers have that question. It's okay for them to ask it because he is, and he does. And if they're honest, they'll know. He promises that. But for those of us that are walking with him, you see, as we pursue this walk with God, there should be questions coming up inside of you. What does that mean? Why do we do that? Why am I doing that? Some of what we do here in our worship is actually just church tradition. There's nothing wrong with church tradition unless it conflicts with what God says. Right? God didn't say sing two songs, shake hands, sing another song, have offering, sing another song, and then have the preacher preach. He doesn't even give us an, an agenda for church. So some of what we do is tradition. There's nothing wrong with it. Unless the tradition conflicts with the word of God. Now, what in your faith are you questioning, church? What is it that you're like, I'm not sure about that? If there is a question, seek the answer. God's good to his word. I'm not afraid of you looking for it. He'll reveal his truth to you. He loves you. He wants to lead you into an incredible relationship with him. So what is going on in your life right now that you find yourself justifying when you're in the presence of God? Let me ask that again. What is it that's going on in your life that you find yourself justifying when you're in the presence of God? One quick story about my life. As I walked with God and my wonderful bride, we got saved the very same day, began our life journey together of faith, and we were walking with God for a season of time, growing in our faith and learning who God was and having him change so much about us. And I came to this moment as I was seeking God 
where I came to him in prayer, just wanting all that I could have of him, I was saying, God, I mean, I want more of you. And, you know, the answer to that is God says, I want more of you. And so, in that very moment of prayer, God said, Dave, this is what I want from you. And I wasn't expecting him to say what he said. And I'm not going to tell you what he said, because what he asked me for was not a sin in my life. There was nothing wrong that I was doing. But God knew my heart. And he knew that that very thing that he was talking to me about had way too big of a place in my heart. And God's always after our heart. He said, I want that from you. It was as clear as the bell in my mind and my heart as I was there praying. And I was like kind of surprised. And I was like, okay, God, I get what you're saying. So this is how I'm going to do that. I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to do it with other people to show them you. And I began to convince him that it was okay that I did it. Now I do it differently. So all I was really doing was trying to justify why I wanted that still in my life that he was asking for. So you know how that went? <laughs> that uh, close presence of God just kind of disappeared and got up, walked away, and my walk with God started to cool down a whole lot. And I didn't like that feeling because I know I needed him and I wanted him. And I didn't even fully understand why. I was kind of dense, still have a little bit of that in me. I just is like, don't know what's going on. God, I need you, you know. So I began to fast and pray and seek him. God's so faithful. He's amazing. His presence just came and drew me. And again, I found myself at an altar again. And you know, it's crazy. The same topic came up again. <laughs> God, all I want is you. And he was like, okay, what about this? Like, God, all I want is you. And I'll do that for you. Yep, I probably didn't do it right the last time. So now I'll do it this way. I told you I'm a little dense. Um, I just want you to know I had that conversation with God like three or four times, believe it or not. As I tried to justify this thing in my life that really all God wanted was my heart. And there came a moment on that journey of cyclical, messed up days where God in his amazing mercy came and said, you're going to do this my way or yours. There was no emotions involved. I want you to know that I was seeking God with all my heart. Remember, he said, you'll find me. And this guy that knew nothing about my life was preaching that day. He walked up to me and I was there seeking God and he said, Dave, you already know what God wants. You need to get up, go home, and do it. I looked up at him. I said, you're right. I do. And I got up, and I went home, and I did it. And I want you to know there was no emotions involved. It was just simple obedience, no longer justifying, just saying yes to God. And when I said yes to him, God began to take me into another walk and level with him in my life. And it's crazy how we can try and justify things in our life at the very expense of a relationship with the Creator who loves us. So you may not have sin in your life yet, but you may have something you're justifying in your walk with God. But He's saying, I want you. I just want you to know that there's no escape. 
just say yes. Stop justifying. Anything you're trying to justify, when you come into the presence of God, I want you to know it's a moment and a place of surrender. Therefore, right now, today, this is the place, this is the time that God is calling us to surrender our mandates, our justifications, our sin, our entire hearts to him. And that's all he asks of us. So those of you that are in the congregation and those at the Gospel Rescue Mission, we do what we call an altar call. The front of the sanctuary is a place that we come to do business with God. And so we would invite you to move forward at this time. Anyone that God is speaking to, we want you to come to Him. He loves you. He loves you. You want someone to pray with you there at the mission, you online, you can email the office and ask, and we will contact you. Those of you in this room, if you want someone to pray with you, you can just kind of like raise your hand and we'll have someone come and join you. If you just want to do business with God by yourself, that is awesome and totally good. He loves you. Thank you, Lord. You can stand behind these or here if you need to, if there's no more room at the altar. Like, we want you to come. Please listen. The Holy Spirit is speaking. He's calling us today. No more justification. No more religious mandates. I'm all in with you, Lord. My whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, God. I surrender. Fathers, we're here. Thank you. Thank you for your amazing faithfulness, Holy Spirit, for coming into our hearts and calling to us. Thank you for your people responding to you, God, in your truth. For God, you know our hearts and we know our hearts and we know what's been happening just like you do. We want to be the church that you died to make us. We want to be that transformed person that is the salt and light, that is the ambassador for Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, you do your work in us today. We repent. We confess. We surrender. We trust. And God, we rise to obey with you. Trusting you fully, Holy Spirit, for all you have for us. We give you glory now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're still praying, we don't want you to get up and leave until you know your heart is good. No more debating with God, it's all Him, then please, you're welcome to get up and go and have an amazing day with Him. And God bless you. Thank you so much for being with us today, church. We love you. God bless you. Have an amazing day with Him. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.